Welcome, everyone! Welcome back! Welcome back to a year of grace. What a year it has been! Y'all, it's Shannon, your something new podcaster. And I cannot tell you all how blessed, happy, and joyful. I feel to be back with you right now. This year, this year of grace, this epic adventure that 2020 has been, has also been my first year as a podcaster. In fact, your something new podcaster is joyfully thrilled to be sitting back in my makeshift home studio visiting with you all today. This episode, episode 16, will be our concluding episode for a year of grace. I already know the direction in which the Lord is leading for next year, and I cannot wait to begin recording those right away. Now, many of you will remember that our text verse for this year has been from the Psalms, the book of Psalms, the book of prayers, the book of praises, the Psalms. We have been, in fact, in Psalm 67. This is a true song. It is a true song of praise. We've been in Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. Now, do not worry or fret if you do not have your Bible handy. That is fine. I will always, always, always read aloud for the whole group. That way, if you're driving, when we have car lines again at everyone's school, if you're in car line, if you're ready, ready to pick up, if you're waiting for a sports practice when we have those again to let out, if you were on your way throughout a day where you were busily running errands when we have those again, you will not need to have your Bible right in front of you. Psalm 67 has been our text verse because it is the verse that the Lord prompted this Texas girl to prepare and study with you this year. Let me read it to you now. Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways, meaning God's ways, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation the salvation, the gift, Christ Jesus, that is ours among all nations. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. As we have spent time in the Psalms this year, we have come to realize 
that the grace that we are learning about this year simply means this. It is unmerited favor, unearned favor. It is a gift from our Father to us, His children. His daughters receive the gift, the unearned gift of His grace in our lives. Now, as we reflected on this throughout the year, we learned that the grace that God is offering us is a gift, and then what we can do is share that gift from Him with others. If there has ever been a need for a year of grace, it has been this year of 2020. Many of us have worked from home. Many of us have seen adult children move back home. Many of us have seen adult children, their spouses and their children move back home with us. When the initial orders to quarantine, to shelter in place came about, our cities and our streets were, were, were empty. They were deserted. Why? Because everyone was sheltering in place. Those that could, those that had the opportunity, most likely chose to shelter with loved ones. College campuses closed. My sweet girl, my Megan, came home in March. Most businesses closed. The chief also came home in March from his office office and developed over time an office here in our home in my study. It's now his study, y'all. We've all had to become very creative with how we use our space and our time. Americans certainly are desperate now for a little space, a little peace, a little time, a little separation, a little grace. We are together nonstop. We are together nonstop. And it is hard to make our apartments, to make our homes function effectively for all of our family members. If we are isolating or living alone, it's lonely in a different way. It's just us all alone, worried at times who we can talk to, who we can visit with. Can we, can we see family safely? How about our neighbor? Now that everyone wears a mask, constantly is six feet apart enough of a difference for us to feel safe do we need more do we need less if we mask do we have to have the social distancing in place it has been a year where we have needed grace from our father to us in a rich abundance so that we could be able to let that overflow wash out into our lives, onto the relationships with those 
around us. We've talked at length about the whole counsel of God's word, meaning that certainly if you need to or want to, you probably could pick a verse here and there and just about prove any point that you wanted to make. That's not the point of God's word. God's word is holy, sacred, living. It's the breath of our Father in heaven poured out onto us, onto our lives. His grace, His word, His call that He has on each and every one of His children. Each of us has a specific call given by our Father to us work that he wants us to accomplish in his name, servanthood, that we have the option, the opportunity to live out in our lives day after day after day after day, certainly in the year 2020, this year of grace. The whole counsel of God's word expresses the concept of grace from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In fact, where we are in the Psalms in the Old Testament and where we are headed together today, the book of Revelation, the final book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation, expresses the whole counsel of God's word His grace impeccably. Now, don't go anywhere. Stay with me because I will be right back. And when I return, I'm going to show you the end result, the bookmark of this year of grace. Hi, this is Meg and you are listening to A Year of Grace by the Something New Podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. for staying with me at Shannon or something new podcaster. And we are now bookmarking episode 16, the final episode of a year of grace with this. We are headed now to the book of Revelation, the final book of God's word, the last book of the New Testament. And in fact, y'all, We are headed to the very last chapter of Revelation, chapter 22, the river of life. And not only that, we are headed to the final verse in the final chapter of the book of Revelation. Let me read the verse aloud. And then I want to give you information about this book And what some key meanings for grace in our lives are in order to help us 
Revelation 22 verse 21 says this, and you will not be surprised. The grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. The grace, the grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus. The Greek New Testament word for grace is charis. Charis. It's also sometimes pronounced charis. It's also sometimes used as a girl's name, meaning grace, charis. Charis is a word in the New Testament that means grace. It means a rejoicing, a joyfulness. It means anything which causes joy, which causes happiness, which causes pleasure. Grace is the unearned, unmerited, free gift of favor from God. Now, the whole counsel of God's word speaks to us in the New Testament most profoundly of the Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. It is crucial that we come to understand that for the fallen, the fallen man, the fallen woman, the fallen woman among us, the fallen woman I once was, the fallen woman many of you are right now, for the fallen among us, those who do not know the Lord as our Savior, the fallen among us, Chorus is given to us wholeheartedly, unreservedly, and completely because of the work of Jesus atoning for our sins with his death on the cross. It's unearned. It's unmerited. It always will be. And it's, it's critical that we understand when we are fallen, when we don't yet call Christ Jesus our Savior and Lord, yet he still died on the cross. He was made all sin, not just sin placed on him. No. He was made all sin. Every one of my sins, he willingly became. Every one of your sins, he willingly and utterly became. The favorable, the kindly, the gracious feelings of our Heavenly Father, our God, to us as sinners resolved solely because of Christ's death and resurrection 
over sin. All sin. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. God's people. Those of us who are in a relationship with God, as we've talked about this entire time together, we are designated by him. We are We are sanctified by him. We are set apart by him. We are made holy and sacred by him because there is a sacred purpose or a special blessing, a gifting, a calling that he has on each of our lives. While we were yet sinners, he chose us and designed within us a sacred purpose. When I return from this final break of our podcast together, 2020's A Year of Grace, here in episode 16, when I return, I will share our final thoughts about this important distinction of grace. Y'all stay with me. I will be right back. Hi, this is the chief and you are listening to a year of grace by the something new podcaster. She'll be right back after this short break. Okie dokie, sweet y'all. Welcome back. Thank you so much for staying with me during our final break. I want to share with you a few important final thoughts. The book of Revelation is often challenged. Um, It's bandied about. It's up for discourse and a lot of discussion. The important part for us we're not Bible scholars. We we are women who seek to be full of God's grace that we can then share with those around us. I urge you, as you read and study the book of Revelation, certainly, to understand the crux of it, the story of it, is the whole counsel of God's word brought to a fulfillment. It is truly about the redemption of mankind, of womankind, that is about to take place. The word revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypsis. Apocalypse, of course you know this. An uncovering, an unveiling, a disclosure, something made plain to us, something made clear to us. This word, apocalypsis, is found in Revelation 1.1, the prologue. Let me read to you from the prologue. Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The revelation, the apocalypsis, the uncovering, the disclosure, the unveiling, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. 
he made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. John. We're going to study a bit more about John in just a moment. The author of this book. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. This is where sometimes Bible scholars have difficulty. This is John sharing what he is testifying to. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed, 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 highly favored, chosen, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy and blessed. Blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because time is near. That is the whole thrust of the book of Revelation. The time is near. The redemption history of all mankind is near. It, it is plain that the Apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the Apostle John, <laughs> the Apostle John is the author of the book Revelation. He also is the author of his gospel, the gospel of John, and he is the author of three letters, three epistles. In the book of Revelation, the reader understands the rich theory of redemption in a brand new way. Here's what it means. Christ Jesus has conquered sin. He has conquered the enemy, Satan. He has conquered death. He has conquered Hell, wow, by his sacrificial death on the cross, when he was made sin, made my sin, made your sin, and his triumphant resurrection, death and sin did not win. He is the victor. He reigns. He reigns over all those of us who are his, meaning those of us who accepted him as Lord and Savior of our lives, those of us who are his, he enables us because of his sacrifice to also overcome and reign victoriously as co-heirs. He's made us a brother. His sacrifice has made us a sinner, a group of sinners, in right standing now with our Father. This precious lamb, Christ Jesus, has conquered 
all. And for those of us who call him Lord, we have the power to dwell by his side. We call him Lord. Now, what does that mean? It means many different things to many different people. I will share what it means to me. And this is our final thought to me as a young girl. And I can't ever tell this, this wonderful piece of my history, my testimony without crying. It's a young girl, a second grade seven-year-old living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, USA, and attending Garnett Road Baptist Church with my family. I heard the words of our closing invitational hymn one Sunday at church. Just as I am. Just as I am. I knew in my spirit that our Father was calling me forward. He was calling me forward as a sinner, for I most certainly was a sinner. He was calling me forward to accept him, to make a public profession of my faith. That is my story. That is not everyone's story. Some of us always have Christ. We accept him as a young, young child. We want what we see in our churches next to our moms and our dads and our siblings. We always have known Christ. He is always Savior and Lord. Because we accepted him at an early age. Some of us refuse the gift. We will not accept it. We will not bend our knee. We will not reach up our hand. Tears will not fall from our face. And we will turn away from him again and again. The purpose of the book of Revelation is to tell us what is about to take place. Because the time is near, John tells us. The time is near. It is time to take to heart what is written. The blessing that we have of God's word. What is written here? Time is short. There is no more time to turn away. There is no more time. I felt the call to go forward. Being so young, I recognized right away that both my mom and dad (laughs) would not want me to do that without discussing it with them. And so we went home. Everyone changed after church. We were all about to have lunch. And I went to my parents' bedroom. I knocked on their door. I asked to come in and I started crying. And I told them, I want to accept Christ. I want to be baptized. I want salvation. I feel God spoke to my heart. I felt it inside me. Well, as I said, I was seven. It's also very emotional, expressive, outgoing, full of zest, full of life. They're firstborn. Unlike anyone else in my entire family on my mom's side, Or my dad's side. Unlike anyone else, 
my personality stood <laughs> starkly alone, outgoing, passionate, emotional. So my parents decided that what needed to happen next was I needed to visit the pastor to make sure that I understood what I was saying I wanted to do. And so meetings were set up and I went to visit and my mom came with me. And at the conclusion of our our chat, the pastor said to my mom, we need to baptize this young lady. She's ready to accept Christ. What a powerful testimony she'll have. She'll spend her life with Christ Jesus as her Lord. Well, family was called from North Texas, from a farm in the Texas Hill Country, and everyone gathered in on Easter Sunday. I gave my life to Christ. I was baptized. I was His. Now, from that time until that time in October of 1996, when God spoke to my heart again, I was always His. My salvation was secure. And yet, I was a wretched, horrible sinner. Many of you can relate to that. A wretched, horrible sinner who prayed all the time. I prayed constantly. I longed to be in a church. My family would not attend with me. When I was at TCU, I had several different girlfriends that would would attend off and on with me. I had several boyfriends with whom I would attend church. I wanted a way to return to church, to fellowshipping with God's people. I sense in my spirit that the time is near, is near. I, I felt it. On a very, very, very hot, muggy and humid day, an afternoon in October of 1996, I had the blessing of visiting with my best friend and seeing her firstborn son for the first time. And during that visit, the Lord changed my entire life. He changed my heart. Everything about me changed on that day. He spoke to my heart again as I sat in the living room after patiently waiting my turn to hold this newborn sweet John David. Many of you know John David. Jennifer's firstborn, my sweet Jenny, my dearest lifelong friend since seventh grade. When we were both in detention together, Jenny for not finishing homework, me for mm -hmm, talking. <laughs> too much in class, being disrespectful. And we became friends and we've been friends ever since. I held him in my lap and we were making eye contact and he was gurgling and grinning up at me. And it was a blessing. It was a joy. I was so happy. And then Jenny walked back into the room from behind his little head, his whole body 
came to life. It, it was as if he had been electrified. He heard his mama's voice and he could have burst. He was so happy. And in my spirit, in my heart, I heard the voice of God say to me, I have this for you too. I have this for you too. Everything changed for me that day. When you accept Christ, you're sealed. Your salvation is secure. When you give your life to Christ, maybe something completely different. When he takes ownership of you, when you are a servant of his, a daughter of his, when you will stop at nothing to obey and honor him, everything changes. My life changed that day, but I have had It's so hard not to cry. I have had the worst trials of my life since then. And having him as Lord has saved me. It has surely saved me, my sweet dearies. It's saved me from horrible decisions. It has saved me from possible incarceration over horrible decisions. It saved me from every ill, malicious vibe, thought, or process that a sinner has. My obedience to him has kept me closely at his side and not off on a wrong path. Have I sinned since then? Certainly. I've sinned today since then, my sweet dearies. That is not what is most important. What is most important is my life became his that day, and he has redeemed my life. Because of that day, I sit here this day. No one had heard of a podcast then. No one had heard of any possible way through technology of sharing the gospel, the good news of Christ across the world. And certainly no one, (laughs) and I do mean no one who knew me would have ever thought I would be one who could do that for him, not because of me. Because of him. Because long ago, I was set aside by him. A specific purpose he had in mind when I was just one of his people. Still a sinner. Still on the wrong path. My sweet dearies, I cannot tell you how much this year with you, this year of grace has meant to me. If you have come to this point in episode 16 and you realize 
the relationship that I'm speaking of with the Lord is missing in your life, or if you just want to visit about it, I visited with so many of you. I welcome. Reach out to me. Let me know. I will visit with you in person if I can. If not, I will visit you with you on the phone if I if I can't. We will FaceTime. We will do whatever is comfortable for you. Now, as I mentioned, our year together next year is building upon the platform of grace. Next year would not be possible without this year. So I will save all of those stories for another day when we are brought together and we gather together once again. Now, until that day, and so now, from me in Texas, God bless you all. That's a wrap. Bye for now.